Welcome to the Yana podcast, a mental health podcast where we're going to talk about life, hear stories of strength, and get all in our feelings so we can remind you that you are not alone. Our hosts are me, Carly, and Becca. Both of us are super passionate about mental health, advocacy, education, and shattering that stigma. We love creating opportunities for young people to share their stories and experiences about navigating mental health and life in general. The content of this podcast may contain mature subject matter, such as discussions about suicide, self-harm, drug and alcohol abuse, sexual or physical violence, as well as the use of strong language. Listener discretion advised. When we left off last week, we had been speaking with Christina Miranda. She is the co-founder, co-president, and board member of the Body Empowerment Project, which you will have heard about in a few episodes ago as well. So Christina is a recent graduate from the University of Pennsylvania with a BA degree in neuroscience. She has been working on eating disorder advocacy efforts since she was 14 years old after surviving her personal struggle with anorexia. Christina believes that participating in the programs offered by the Body Empowerment Project would have prevented her eating disorder. In her free time, she can be found caring for her collection of plants and baking desserts for friends and family. So we will pick up right where we left off last week when we were speaking with Christina. All right, we're back. We are back. We're back with our awesome guests, Christina. Yes. So right before we took our break, we were talking about her journey and how, um, you know, she had that moment where the nurse had to call um, for medical, uh, you know, call for an ambulance because she passed out and was just so unwell. So continue. Continue on in your story. What happened after that? And I'm sure lots of things did, but what, what do you want to, how do you want to summarize your next steps? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I was saying, I'd like to say after that, oh, it was great. It was a wake up call and, and I was able to be on the journey towards recovery and getting well. And I right. think to some degree that was true. We were all, you know, we were all now suddenly really concerned. My whole family wanted to do everything they could to help, but it really wasn't even until um, maybe a few weeks later that someone finally told my parents, um, she doesn't have any kind of heart conditions. She actually just has an eating disorder. And so that felt like huge groundbreaking news. We were a little bit in denial, um, but you know, like I said, still at least aware that there was an issue. And I'm, went into a few months later, I went into treatment at, um, Penn medicine, Princeton health. And I love to give them a shout out because it literally saved my life. And I, I could not have done it without all the folks there. And I do a lot of recovery speaking there even now, Um, but I went into treatment there and, you know, I thought that I had learned a lot. And then after leaving treatment the first time, I probably relapsed within six months mm. and I had to go back to treatment. And I just say all of this to let everyone out there know that it's not, um, it's not that easy and, and it's okay if your recovery is not yes. linear. Yes. It's, 
it's never linear. And it certainly wasn't the case for me. But I think, you know, the most important thing I did was that each time I had, you know, things didn't go as planned and I, and I got worse again, I, I didn't give up. You know, I, I went back in, in treatment again and I had a new perspective and I got a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse, but then again, even, even more better. So I think just the idea of not giving up and I was really grateful to have people in my life who didn't give up on me either. I had yeah. a system of people who really um, wanted, wanted me to get well. And I, I think, think it's other- so important that you said that it was not linear, you know, and that like, also like, maybe it doesn't take the first time, like that happens a lot and like substance use too, that, you know, relapse is common, you know, and maybe the first time you're not ready, um, or it doesn't, it doesn't hit, you have to, you know, you haven't hit that rock bottom, um, and everybody's rock bottom is different, but like, you know, for it to really sink in, sometimes it takes an extra thing. And luckily, you know, I mean, and with eating disorders and with substance use, you know, sometimes like that rock bottom can be, I mean, it could be, you know, as bad as death. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that's something that needs to be said, you know, like those are both illnesses where that can happen, but, um, but the fact that, you know, you still were able to get back and, you know, it took, you know, it took two, it took a, a minute, but you got back in there. And I think that's mm-hmm. really powerful and you're yeah. so brave that you, you know, went, got back. Cause sometimes people are ashamed and, you know, so it's good that you went back and you had that support system that allowed you to do that. And Yay. I think what you said about rock bottom, absolutely. If not your own, even just, I remember that I have had many friends who have met in treatment who struggled for longer than I did, some of which even lost their lives to this illness. And that was something I think that also really stuck with me and kind of pushed me along in the path to recovery. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that. And And I, I want to just real quick, and you might even say this already, Aaron, later on, but I think it's important to know that with disordered eating, with substance use, with mental health in general, it's not like you go to treatment, you get better, you're recovered, and then you're like straight vibing for the rest of your life. Like it, it is something that like, at least for me, like with my disordered eating, like it's something that I have to practice recovery every single day. And when every, like a stressful situation comes, like instead of going to where I used to go, I have to practice coping skills. I have to constantly be working on my recovery. It's not like a magic thing. So I think the work really, you know, I tell people when they're in treatment and I'm doing recovery speaking, I think the work begins when you leave treatment, actually. Mm -hmm. Yes. yes, yes. They set you on a path, um, but that's where, or I think the real work begins and just becomes infinitely more difficult, your recovery outside a hospital or or treatment. Right. But now you have these skills and these people in your corner that you can turn to and work through. And, you know, I think that treatment kind of sets you up for success because it teaches you and gives you that skill set that you may not have had before. So that's wonderful. What, what happened for you, Christina? after, you know, treatment or when did you feel like, you know, you were, you were moving towards resiliency and like a next chapter in your life? Yeah. I think it's so hard to 
because everyone tries to ask about what is the aha moment? Like, when did you have a moment where you're like, I am recovered now or I am better? And I think that that is very much, I mean, that might have been someone else's experience, but that was very much not mine. It's really these like series of like tiny recovery wins over time that just like add up to eventually a day where you feel like that you're okay. And it's just a little bit more bearable every single day. So there's not like a moment where I feel like I can point out and decide that that's when I was better or that I was um, recovered. I think very much I was trying to, I just kept trying to convince myself of that day after day. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to recover, but I, I'm going to try. I'm going to just convince myself that I can do it. And eventually I started to actually believe it. So that that's kind of, um, but I think if I had to pinpoint it, I was feeling like by the time I started high school, I was in a better place and it was nice to have like this new chapter because I missed a lot of school in seventh and eighth grade. And, and, you know, but I finally had an opportunity to come back and, and start fresh, but very much so I was not fully well. And I, and I had to choose recovery every day. Like you mentioned, Carly, it was a very conscious choice. Um, and, you know, now even so many years later, uh, I think that staying in recovery is still very much a choice. And I think that there are yeah. things that help me to have solidified my recovery all this time. Part of which, like in high school, I started getting involved in the National Eating Disorder Association. Yeah. And it was really like nerve wracking at first. I had this little table in the cafeteria where I was handing out some brochures oh, about nice. disorders, and I was so nervous and I, and I didn't really want to talk about it, but like, yeah, over time, you know, as we are here today, I've become a lot more comfortable with sharing my story with other people and starting to find a way that by helping other people, it really has just held me accountable in my own recovery as well, because I feel like suddenly I was, people were looking up to me. I was giving people advice on their recovery. So I had to, I felt like I had to stay well and that was really helpful. Yeah. I love that. I really relate to that statement. You know, that kind of your story holds so much power. It holds so much power and healing for, for you and for the people that you're sharing the story for. Um, and I think that having conversations about mental health or challenges that we're having within our life, it makes the co- the topic so much more approachable. Um, and it's not this thing that like, we can't talk about. That's why we have Yana. That's why we have this podcast. Right. So that we can, you know, we can share these stories and really give people an opportunity to destigmatize the, the conversation. I saw this quote that I really love the other day about how if you recover loudly, that you keep mm-hmm. others from dying quietly. And that was something that oh. really resonated with me. And I, I think hopefully resonates with you guys as well. I love that. I'm writing that down. Yeah. I love I that so much. <laughs> and that, and I think about that when people ask me, you know, how are you, how are you so open? Like why do yeah. you talk so much about eating disorders and, and, and the work that, and it's very much shaped not only, you know, what I do, it's my passion, but it also has shaped the work I'm doing now professionally and hope to do the rest of my career. And it's just like, I couldn't imagine it any other way. I could not imagine not having this, this was a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uniquely equipped to hopefully help other people who are going through the same thing. So I just couldn't imagine not talking about it. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I always say like, I tell my Uber drivers about my, you know, I do. I'll tell anybody, you know, because, and like nine times out of 10, they're like, Oh my God. So my brother has been struggling with this, that, or the other thing. Or like, so do you know, like, should he go to treatment? Should he go to AA or like, you know, or like, you know, and I can also tell them about NAMI. I'll tell them about whatever. And it's like, like you just said, the like recovering loudly is um, what can save other people. And I tell people that's actually like the 12th step of AA is like, you know, passing the message on to others, like about your, um, you know, recovery, whatever, but uh, that's another, another story. I'll push <laughs> it away. Um, but yeah, that's like, that's such a powerful statement and quote. I love that. I love it too. Yeah. I love it. You're amazing. And the work and, you know, the, the episode prior to this one, you'll, you'll get to hear a lot more about the work that Christina does with Body Empowerment Project, but you can tell us a little bit about the, this, you know, the work that you do in case people don't listen to that episode, but you should go back and listen because it's good. Tell us what you do now with your work. So I think when I first got to the story of how Body Empowerment Project came to be is, of course, I had this experience recovering from an eating disorder. Um, and I really had this belief that eating disorders are not only treatable, but also just extremely preventable. There were so many times where I think if things had been different, if somebody had just told me this earlier, I maybe, maybe, maybe not, but maybe it could have prevented my eating disorder. So um, in college, I did a lot of work with college students through Project Heal and that is like a national nonprofit that's really great. And we had a club on campus. Um, but what I realized when thinking about, you know, I'm gonna be graduating, what do I wanna do with my future? Um, if we could start having these conversations sooner with, with high schoolers or even middle schoolers about preventing disordered eating, about body image and about self-esteem, we could really have an impact. So that was the idea behind Body Empowerment Project. How can we go to local schools in Philadelphia? Because I went to college at Penn and work with the students there to prevent eating disorders. And that's really the core of Body Empowerment Project and the mission and the work that we're doing right now. And I just am so grateful to be doing it. Like, honestly, yes. when I think about um, what I wanted to do for my career, I think I thought about a lot of different things, but I feel, you know, very confident that this will always be a part of my work because whether through Body Empowerment Project, I'm also going to be going to medical school starting wow. this summer, which is really yes. exciting. Oh my gosh. And you're so going to get to be that medical professional that yes. like yeah. validates and understands someone and does not just dismiss the person. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm like getting a little bit of it. Like I'm, I'm getting like <laughs> emotional for you. I, I feel the same way, you know, I think if you, you know, if you don't, if you don't like the way the current system is, if there's something you're not, you can be that change. And I'm just yes. like hoping that in the future, I can, I can do better. I can help my patients. I can connect people to treatment and resources yeah. and prevention. So this is just something I will always continue to be passionate about. Absolutely yes. obsessed with you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely so, obsessed with you. Obsessed. 100%. Yes. Obsessed. Obsessed. I know. So, I mean, I mean, I can't. I cannot. <laughs> I'm obsessed. 
I'm obsessed with you guys too. I just <laughs> Good. there is a pause just so that you would say that. No, <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. I just cool. like, you know, the similarities between our stories. I mean, yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing. Everybody is so unique and their story and struggle with mental illness is, is different, but at the same time, it's like this really unique shared background and experience yeah. that we can have and relate to one another. And even if your story isn't exactly the same as someone else, just by voicing yours, you can, you know, make them feel like they're not alone. Right. Yana. So amazing. Yes. Yana. yes, you are not alone. Absolutely. I love it. We're going to wrap up um, because we, I mean, I could talk to you for a hundred hours. Truly, yes. Yes. So I have to like give myself a stop. Um, but before we wrap up, we always ask our guests um, this famous Yana question. Yes. And that is, if you could tell your younger self, that girl, that's seven, I'm going to cry when I ask you a question, this <laughs> seventh and eighth grade, little Christina, what would you tell her? I mean, there are definitely so many things that I wish that I could tell her. I wish I could tell her that it was going to be okay and that, and about everything that I'm doing now. But I think maybe the one thing I would say um, is that, you know, how you look is the least interesting thing about you. Yes. Ooh, yes. One of my favorite things to tell people, you know, nobody is going to remember you because of, oh, she was so pretty or she was so skinny. They might notice that about you, but it's not the reason that they're going to be your friend. They're going to remember you because you're kind, because you're yes, passionate, yes. because you're, you're loyal. And there are just so many other things about me, about, you know, seventh grade Christina that were so much more important than, than how I looked. So I think, you know, I would tell myself that I, I tell other, you know, the other seventh and eighth graders and high schools, high schoolers that I work with that. And um, I think everybody could really use that message. I do um, Yes, like literally me every day. Thank you. Yeah. I needed that <laughs> message. And I'm sure so many other people needed that message. <laughs> Absolutely. That was, um, that was a good reminder. So thank you for that. And thank Thanks, you for, just thank you for sharing your story and for your heart and for your soul, your mind, everything about you is so inspiring. <laughs> And do you want to share like where people can find you and more information about your, about body empowerment? Yeah. So if you guys want to follow body empowerment project in our journey, it's body underscore empowerment underscore project on Instagram. Um, also, if you want to talk with me personally, you can email me at Christina at body I'm happy to talk about, you know, not only just body empowerment project, but any, if you're struggling with an eating disorder, if you know anybody yeah. who might be, I'm very happy to talk with you about that. My, my personal Instagram too, Christina Miranda underscore again, feel free to message me on that. Um, you'll notice there's a lot of overlap. I'm constantly posting about um, body empowerment project yeah. and, eating, and eating disorder advocacy and body positivity. So you'll um, either way that you want to contact me is completely fine. I have like three Instagrams and a lot of times they're all posting the same. <laughs> three know, very similar. Yeah. Well, cause I have the Yana one, I have the Nami yeah. one and then I have all the ones and I always Everybody like needs to know about the work that we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And where can we find us, Becca? Give us, give, give our listeners our, our deets. Okay. So you can find us on Instagram at the underscore Yana podcast. 
or you can go to our blog website thing, um, the Yana podcast with Nami Philly wordpress.com. Boo boo. Very cool. And we have new episodes each and every Tuesday. Um, so we're very excited about the Yana podcast and what is to come. Um, mm-hmm. In the next upcoming episodes, you'll hear from the other co-founder of Body Empowerment Project, yes. um, which we're very excited about her story as well. Um, but if you are someone who lives with a mental health condition or you have a passion for mental health advocacy or you have a story that you would like to share on the Anna podcast, send us a DM and we will be in touch about how we can have you on the pod. So that is it. We are grateful for each and every one of you for listening. And um, yeah, we love you. We love you a lot. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I'm so You're happy welcome. to be here today. Yay. Yay. Thank Very you. Good. All right. Peace and love. If you or someone you know is in crisis, call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. Or you can text NAMI to the crisis text line at 741-741. Or go to NAMI.org for more information. Remember, you are not alone.